Today's guest is a true mogul when it comes to digital marketing. Frankly, I was even surprised to steal some time from him to get him on this podcast. He's a New York Times bestselling author, and the Wall Street Journal calls him a top influencer on the web. Forbes says that he's a top 10 marketer in the world, and Entrepreneur Magazine said that he created one of the 100 most brilliant companies of our time. He was recognized as a top 100 entrepreneur under the age of 30 by President Obama and a top 100 entrepreneur under the age of 35 by the United Nations. He's helped companies like Amazon, Microsoft, Airbnb, Google, Zappos, Salesforce grow through marketing. His marketing blog alone generates over 4 million visitors per month and his marketing school podcast generates over 1 million per month, while his social medias combined boast over 2 million combined followers and subs. He's the co-founder of Kissmetrics, Crazy Egg and Hello Bar, and as the co-founder of Quicksprout, he helps businesses drive more traffic and more online sales. In short, this guy knows what it takes to become a successful entrepreneur. My guest today is superstar digital marketer, Neil Patel. On this very special episode, Neil breaks down all of the nuances of SEO. He explains how there is no secret sauce to success and reveals his next venture launching in 2021 to compete with the email giant MailChimp. Hey guys, Andrew here. And before I jump into this episode, I just wanted to take a quick second to thank my sponsors over at Bean Bundle, Canada's newest coffee subscription. Before I geared up for this interview, I used my French press using beans they sent me from one of the dopest roasters from across the country. Bean Bundle makes it so incredibly easy for people like me who drink tons of coffee every single day but love to try beans from different roasters. This process is pretty simple. You just visit beanbundle.com, choose how much coffee you want on a monthly basis, medium or dark roast, and they ship you different beans from the latest roasters on a monthly basis. Best part is that if you live in Canada, they ship to you absolutely free, and if you sign up using the code BUNDLE10, you'll save 10% on your subscription. Now go pour yourself a coffee and enjoy this week's episode. Neil, the real deal Patel, we're live. What's, what's up, man? Not much. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, whereabouts are you right now? Los Angeles. You? I'm in Toronto. I'm in Toronto. And I'm sure you're following the the madness of, you know, the, I guess it's election week. It's not election day anymore. It's, this has turned into a weekly, a week long fiasco, I guess. That's right. Well, no, the results, my guess is either today or tomorrow. Yeah. But listen, thanks so much for, for taking the time. I know you're a busy dude. Like I was telling you just before we hit record, big fan, uh, use a lot of your tools uh, running my business day to day, uh, specifically Uber suggest. And you know, what I find interesting about you is like, you put out so much friggin' content about literally everything, uh, whether it's SEO, digital marketing, everything in, in your world. But there's not a lot of content about you specifically. And um, you know, you're you're a super entrepreneur. You 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 know, you run a ton of businesses. And I want to know, and I think uh, you know, my listeners, what they love to hear is is that come up story and and how you got there, because there's probably a lot of meat and potatoes in there, and you know where people can get inspired. So, you're born in London, if I'm not mistaken, correct? I was born in London. That is correct. And and you're 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 a California uh, boy. Uh, that's where you were raised. That's correct. So uh, raised in. So I was I was born in London. Uh, my mom that she didn't like the cold weather. So when we were a little kid, my parents decided to move off all to, you know, Orange County, California. And that's where I ended up growing up. Not a bad place to grow up. Yeah, not bad at all. So, uh, you know, growing up, like when, when does, when does entrepreneurship creep into your life? Cause uh, you know, you, 
you obviously have a knack for it. You started, you know, tons of businesses, like I mentioned earlier. Like, when does this become kind of a reality in your life, either as like a child or an adolescent, where you're like, oh, I, I like this whole, you know, I like this 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 idea of of creating and building. Like, do you, do you remember what what that inflection point was? It wasn't that. So I didn't get into entrepreneurship because I like building, creating. I got into entrepreneurship because when I started, I was young. And at that time, when you're like 15, 16, you can't get decent paying jobs. So I was picking up trash and cleaning restrooms at a theme park. Wow. Entrepreneurship was the only way where I could potentially make more money. And that's how at least I saw it back then. I eventually figured out my passion. The first business I created was a job board, failed miserably. I created the job because I couldn't find a job. So I'm like, I can't find a job. Might as well just go create a job board to help other people. Silly, dumb concept on why <laughs> you should create a business, but that's how it came about. And then from there, you know, I created the job board. No one came to it. And I realized you had to do something called marketing. And I paid a little money to a few marketing firms, got ripped off learned it myself, got good at it. And then I got passionate about marketing and I fell in love with it. And that's when things really started for me. It's like, I was like, all right, time to double down just on the marketing side. Yeah. So besides marketing, was there anything else that um, led you to like fail miserably with the job board? Is there like something you look back on that is a lesson that's kind of stuck with you from, from that time? Yeah. It, the marketing wasn't the reason the thing failed. The reason it failed was shitty product. I wasn't saw a pain point. I was not doing anything unique. At the same time, I was a marketplace, chicken and egg, right? Or egg. Uh, you needed people coming and people posting jobs. Eventually, I figured that out. Then I didn't know how to take payments online. Back in the day, PayPal wasn't popular, right? So it was like that. There's a lot of little things that added up that caused it to struggle. Interesting. Interesting. So, I mean, technology, obviously, uh... Is, is making life easier for a lot of entrepreneurs nowadays. Just basic things like collecting a payment that maybe seems so passe to, you know, a really young millennial or, or you know, Gen Z uh, back in the day was, you know, something that was a concern and a hurdle for, you know, for starting any business. That, that's right. And it, it, it's so funny too, because it's like, just generally speaking, you know, we forget how hard or easy or something things were back in the day because now we don't have those issues like just but right now if you want to create a website you can literally go out there pop up a site on wordpress collect it's in like a matter of minutes and you're good and off to the races yeah i i do think about that myself all the time how you know i run i run a fashion business uh, we sell travel bags and accessories and just thinking um you know we still have a traditional like wholesale component to our business but obviously we have an, an online component and i think about you know the advent of like shopify and how turnkey it is for people you know, besides creating the assets, like everything is just like plug and play, you know, it really is. And, and when you want something custom, they're like, Oh, there's a plugin for that. Or there's a template for that. Or there's something that makes it easier for you. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, entrepreneurship is kind of, kind of streamlined at this point. Uh, we didn't have, you don't have to deal with the hurdles. Some of the hurdles that you dealt with when, when you were kind of getting your feet wet at 15 years old. So you went to California state for marketing, obviously, you said you had started to develop a passion for it. You know, was that kind of just like a bridge to uh, get a knowledge base in the space or, or was it more of like a security blanket? No, I, my parents wanted me to get a degree, so I got a degree. I thought marketing would be easier because I already knew a lot about marketing back then. 
or at least I thought I did. Even today, I still can learn a lot more about marketing. But you know, I should have picked communications because it was the easier major. Yeah, fair enough. Just to get it done, just to, just to appease the parents. Pretty much. Yeah. So what? So after university, what was the first thing you launched? Like, what was your first business? My my first business that I ended up launching was, you know, I went out there and I, I ended up releasing a marketing business. So the reason I was a little hesitant on answering that, technically the first business was a job board, but the first real one that I got some traction on was a marketing business or ad agency where we did the marketing for other people. Because remember with the job board, I got decent at the marketing side, sucked at the business side, but I was like, hi, at least I can drive traffic. Let me just do this for others. Yes. Okay. So, and then what, like in terms of the business side, how did, did that just something that kind of evolved over time or did you bring in business partners? How did you navigate? Uh, Cause typically, you know, when you're lacking a skill, you try to bring someone, someone in to, to help out in that department, you know, did you just kind of pick up as you went or, you know, up as I went. classic entrepreneurship 101, just figuring it out on the fly. Yeah. And I had a business partner. Uh, my brother-in-law, who was also working with me, but we were both just picking it up as we were going. Like neither of them that new shit. We were just learning. Yeah, and, and you know, it's an, an inspiring story because you know anyone that's in marketing space, digital space, you know anyone that's playing or or building a business like knows your name. And you know, I'm not I'm not saying that to you know give you a pat on the back or or make you know fluff things up here. You do deserve it, but. Uh, I think more to inspire people to to look and say, hey, like this guy at 15 years old was working at an amusement park, picking up trash. Now he's running multiple companies and, you know, Neil Patel Digital. I literally like see orange on the internet and I think of of your head. So um, <laughs> you've, you've, you've done a good job at figuring it out. And I think it's inspiring for people to 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 know that, you know, you don't need parents with money. You don't need a background you just figure the shit out and if you're passionate enough about it you know you make it happen that's right it really is that simple people overcomplicate shit when they don't need to yeah absolutely so what do you think besides work ethic you know i i can go on about all the stuff that you've built but besides you know work ethic which you obviously have what do you think's been the key to you know to all this success i mean it's not easy to 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 not know what the hell you're doing and then have you know crazy egg and np digital and all these other you know different businesses that you run what's the key there is no key. you're going to make mistakes and you're not going to know what to do eventually you'll make a lot of mistakes and you'll learn to avoid repeating the same ones over and over again you'll be left with the stuff you should be doing like no one really knows the answer like yeah eventually your gut will kick in you tell you after years and years experience don't do this kind of stuff do that kind of stuff but just go out there and crank like there's no right formula to do it my way may not may work for me but it may not work for you just go crank and as you make mistakes learn from them just try to try to avoid making the same one over and over again that really is at the end of the day right because if you make a ton of mistakes but you don't make the same one over and over again eventually you'll start the right shit what is the right shit it's going to vary for per industry, per business, the time started, because even if you're in the same industry as me in the same type of business, if I got started three years before, will work and may not work right now for you. Right. So you got to adapt and, and adjust and not be afraid to, to make mistakes and, and, and learn new things. Because, you know, especially in a world that we're living in now, uh, things 
you know, technology changes, Google changes their algorithm, Facebook changes their pixel, you know, anything can happen. And unless you're adaptable, uh, you know, you're kind of left dead in the water. I, I mean, you make it seem really simple. I mean, like. It, 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 it's not rocket science. It's just, I'm an experimentation and patience. Yeah. You do something long enough, you'll figure it out. Like, I know that sounds bad. If you can't figure it out, then probably should move on to something that's not going to work. But in reality, like the issue isn't business. The issue, and it's not trying to succeed. The issue is people don't give it the time and energy that they need to make it work. It's not patient enough. Elon Musk didn't just get to where he is, you know, by creating Tesla. Tesla's an old company. He had PayPal before that he had Zap to it, right? Or something like that. But shit just takes time. Like, seriously. People need to learn to be patient. Yeah, I agree with you. It's funny that you bring up uh, that you bring up Elon because I was I was having this discussion with someone like literally two weeks ago, and we were talking about Tesla and how you know you're seeing more on the road. Uh, obviously, the brands become bigger, but you know what people don't realize is that like this thing is like a 10, 15 year project in the works, and he, like you know they're just scratching the surface and they're just kind of breaking into the market, and and you're starting to see more cars and. You know, it's like it's not an overnight success. It it just kind of it it takes a grind, and you really got to believe in that vision, right? And you know, I, I guess what I would want to ask you is, along your journey, I'm sure there were there are points I've I've experienced these, so I'm sure you have as well. But there are points where sometimes you wake up and you're like, you know, what the hell am I doing? Am I like, am I making all the right mistakes? Am I am I doing things right? I, I want to give up. Like maybe maybe I chose the wrong field. You know, inevitably you're you're hitting those same type of roadblocks. Like, how do you how do you persevere? Have those issues because they're not passionate about what they're doing. When you're passionate, you truly love it. You usually don't run into the issues of like, did I pick the right thing? Is it gonna work? Wait, to think about is it gonna work? But you usually don't have the issue that you want to give up. When you really love something, typically have blinders and you don't have that issue of oh, I should give up. Yeah, that's a big. Because it's like if you're truly passionate about something and you love that space, you're more likely to put in the time, energy, and effort that's needed to make it work. Yeah, and I vibe with that, and I, and I agree with that. But I mean, you know, there there are people out there that are, you know, maybe one, two, three years into a business, and they're like, hey, like, I feel like I got it here. I feel like I, you know, I feel like I'm miss. You know, maybe there's a couple variables that are off. I'm just not seeing the sales come in yet, or or. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not seeing the numbers that I want to see, uh, and, and want to quit. So like, like, do, do you remember experiencing anything like that? And, 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 or is it just straight passion where you're like, this is where I want to play? And no, 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 yeah, everyone or not everyone, a lot of people, if not majority probably experience that. The issue with that, that I end up seeing is people wait too long. Like, why should you wait for year three to be like, my sales aren't coming in and it's just going to work. And that's why you need to constantly do experimentation and iteration throughout the whole process and get feedback and help wherever you're struggling. So that way you're not three years in and being like, is this going to work? Hopefully you're a year and you'd be like, okay, I don't think this is going to work. I tried all these things, right? You don't want to waste three years because time is money too. You could have gone and done something else as well. Yeah, fair enough. There's an opportunity cost there for sure. So let's talk about maybe time management a little bit. You, you I mean, you're investor, speaker, entrepreneur, blogger. Uh, you know, the, the fact that you still, do you still blog? Do you still find time to create content and, and write? Yeah, every Sunday. You write a blog every Sunday? Usually Sunday, but sometimes Saturday. 
Okay, so you're still blogging, sticking one, one to two days a week that I'll spend time to crank out content. But yeah. Really, really cool. So one I mean day that we're recording this today, I'll probably do some YouTube videos. But yeah, I split it apart. You have to keep in mind I don't really do all that. I know you you're saying I do a lot of things, but the reality is that I have an amazing team that helps me with the majority of the stuff. So you any time people just call you up saying, Do you want to put in money? Yes, no. If your buddies are putting in money and they're good investors, you just ride along their coattails. But running a business usually takes up the most time. And for hire good managers and operations people. Sound advice right there. You, you, uh, you know, people can't see you, and you look nice and and cozy and comfy right now. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <you> know. <laughs> it, it, the, the the way you have to think about it is, it's like I like to hire people who have done what I'm looking for successfully uh, before. So. If I want you to head up my agency, I'm looking for someone who's headed up an ad agency and done it successfully twice. Not once could be a fluke. Twice, you're probably good at it. And then go do it again a third time with me. So that's my model with hiring. Well, and, and obviously that plays into your time management because it gives you more opportunity for yourself and, and to, to stick to what you love to do. And that's obviously you know, the roots of your business and, and creating content and, and, and marketing material. Yeah. And if you have issues, time management, just use tools like time doctor, they'll help keep you on track. And what's time doctor just tells you where you're wasting time. So that way you get the most out of your day. Love that. I'm going to check that out myself. Um, and I'm sure time doctor it keeps track of your computer, what you're doing, all that kind of stuff. There's also rescue time as well. Check out both of them. They help with time management. Very, very cool. So, I, you know, I guess, I guess having good staff, good operations gives you opportunities to, you know, spend a lot of money on clothes to help you make more money. I, I haven't bought clothes in ages. <laughs> I used to, but I'm married, have a kid. None of that shit works now. My kid's going to spit up food on me. Like I just wear white shirts. They have stains because the amount of times my kid spits up on me, but it's worth it. So, I, I mean... <laughs> You are, you're you're smirking, so you know what I'm referencing. And uh, to be completely honest with you, I don't know how old that that post was. I just stumbled upon it right before we went live. And years uh, and years old. I think like five plus years. I guess. So just to have you on record, like that legit, like you you went out to give people context. You went out, you went out and bought designer clothes uh, to make you look more well successful, and yeah. it helped. Believe it or not people started paying me more money what's funny is i've had a lot of people who read that post and tried it out and this worked really well for them too i also think the world is changing than when i first wrote that post reason being is tech is really dominating amazon wasn't as big of a company back then google wasn't facebook the microsoft wasn't the list goes on and on but in the tech world people don't really dress up and if you look at the big companies now they're all tech like literally all the massively big traded companies publicly like all tech right i should have actually taken all the money i spent on clothes and just bought like amazon apple stuff <laughs> would have been better off yeah hindsight's 2020 20, though okay so let's let's talk strategy a little bit i think what what, what we've seen especially with the advent of or the the oncoming of the pandemic is you know uh, a lot of new businesses were started online uh you saw a lot of outdated maybe businesses that didn't even have an online presence start to go online. So, you know, everyone's looking to get a leg up on the internet. Uh, it's an extremely lucrative distribution channel, obviously speaking from experience, but also I think it's just common sense. 
you know, low barriers to entry now with, with the cost, but obviously competition increases. So it's like, how do you stand out in a super competitive uh, and saturated market now? Right. And uh, this, a savvy digital marketer like yourself or, or someone like you, who's willing to learn the skill set, can really set them apart from their competition and, and you know, get them and get them that initial brand awareness uh, even against, as they compete against, you know, brands with really large budgets. So, you know, in terms of strategy in a digital marketing capacity, what would you say for like, let's say like a fashion and apparel brand, just because the context of this podcast is kind of fashion based, what would you say would be the first pivotal step or important step for someone to take in terms of, uh, you know, making their footprint online and growing their footprint online? The big thing if I was in fashion as it was in there's already a lot of people see with fashion your product is your product there's not that much separates you other than the influencers and what they say you know like if you look at crocs they with the justin bieber effect or champion right you start getting these people wearing your stuff that are well known boom and i think in fashion and apparel the way you really get your brand out there is you get the out of you. so whether that's giving them free stuff paying them Leveraging micro influencers at first because it's too hard to get the Justin Bieber's of the world to use your stuff. But just doing that, I genuinely believe you're you'll get the brand out there. You got to consistently do that for years, though. You won't quick hit. Like it really does take years to get a brand out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're you're preaching to the choir. I, I get the the struggle and, and and the grind for sure. I I would. I get it, you know. I, I get, I get what you're saying, uh, but like, I'd play devil's advocate and say that I don't know. I, I part of me feels that there's so much on, you know, influencers are promoting so much, and, and I feel like they've almost lost a sense of authenticity because they just get tons of product thrown at them now, and you know, people sit there and and have to wonder, like, you know, does this person actually? enjoy this product or do they like this product or is it just they're getting a hundred thousand dollar check to put this bag over their shoulder when they're walking through an airport and yeah, but you, you got to create a good product over that's given right and like yes you're gonna have the influencers who be like oh they're paid it's, it's sponsored but if it's a good product and they're paid people can tell them they're like oh even though you're paid the product looks legit like good is good crap is crap like people can tell when something's good or hype yeah, you you have this really good knack for really simplifying things, and uh, it's it's actually oh, it's true. If you see something that an influencer talks about, can you tell if it looks like crap or actually the product is good? Yeah, supplements no, but like apparel and stuff like that, or a bag, you can look at a picture and be like, that bag looks high quality, or that bag looks like crap. Like, yeah. there's not much to it, right? That that's reasonable, and I guess you know. I guess the whole purpose of influencer marketing is not necessarily to get you the sale per se. Like obviously it is the goal is sales, but it's you also know, to get your brand out there. So people know about your product. Right. So, you know, if you can get, you know, a couple hundred thousand people to be like, Oh, who is this brand and who is Monty and co? Why is Justin Bieber carrying this bag around and then go to your site and then investigate on their own and make a decision whether or not, you know, they like for them. Yeah. I, I I guess I guess I could see that. I just think Isn't it funny Justin Bieber just walks around one day wearing a pair of Crocs for whatever reason, boom, Crocs sells with that's just how it works. Yeah. And otherwise, like really basic and kind of, you know, it, my dad wears Crocs and for years I'd be like, take these things off. These are embarrassing. And now, you know, Crocs is collaborating and yeah, I guess the influencer effect is real and uh and but I guess, if Justin Bieber wears it, it's cool now, it's the Bieber effect. 
It's the Bieber effect. How about us? Your, your dad was a trendsetter, you know? He's not no followers. His dad's a trendsetter. <laughs> He's going to listen to this and be like, you know, I think maybe I should be in the fashion space. That's right. I hope not. How about SEO? I mean, this is your bread and butter. You know, in terms of like the, the typical analogy of, of the tortoise and the hare, you know, if influencer marketing is the hare, SEO is probably the tortoise. It's a longer term strategy. It, it, it takes more effort. It takes more time. But how important would you say it would be to uh, long term growth of even even a young like startup type of company? I forgot what the exact stat was, but it was something like 93% experiences start with a search. Search is everywhere though, right? Search on Google, search on Kayak, search on Airbnb. Literally, there's search everywhere. Heck, when you're on Instagram, you can search on the search bar for a, a user, a tag, whatever it may be. But SEO is really important. Just the amount of Google, that's the most popular website in the world. You see, you want it or you don't. And it's a long-term strategy, but you got to start creating the content that people love so that way you can get the ranking. And a lot of that content is going to be stuff like the 10 best designer handbags, uh, the 10 best luxury designer handbags, uh, the 10 best handbags under $100. I'm making it up, but you get what I mean, right? You're creating content that educates, you know, where people are searching, they're seeing the reviews, and they click over and they buy, and that kind of stuff does really well. Yeah, totally. So in terms of, in terms of, you know, you talk about ranking, which is obviously the key. Everyone wants to be page one of Google. Everyone, you know, number one of, in, in the Google search is the Holy grail, obviously. But like, how, how can you accelerate, you know, that your ranking, how can you get to the top? It's obviously, you know, very challenging. It comes down to links. How many other websites linking to you? So the more brand awareness you get, the more press you get. Uh, the more people mention you, the higher your rankings, the better quality your content, the better your rankings. Uh, if your on-page code is good, you're going to do better. You can always use Ubersuggest, free SEO tool I built. Uh, there's paid versions as well, but you can do a lot for free. And there's a site auto report. It'll tell you exactly what to fix and what priority to maximize your Google rankings. Yeah. And for anyone that's listening to this, I can vouch for that because I use Ubersuggest on, uh, on a daily basis. I was actually just on it earlier. And... Uh, you know, just some of the basic recommendations that the free, uh, the free part of the of the app uh, suggested has really helped out with with traffic growth. I, I've definitely seen since you know July August, you know, a trending upwards, and uh, it's it's a great little app. It really really helps you understand everything that your website is doing in terms of SEO and and how it lives on the internet. So, uh, in, in terms of those links. You know, when you go on Uber Suggest, speaking of it, you know, you're going to see a backlink count and then you're going to see do follow and no follow. And um, I think there's, uh, you know, even for myself, someone who, who digs deep on this kind of stuff, you know, there's a, a lack of, I think, understanding what that actually means and, and how one or the other can hurt your, your, your ranking and, your, and how, your page, how Google ranks your page. So can we get it from the horse's mouth, the, the, the verbal, the actual interpretation of do follow versus no follow? Sure. So do follow is a little attribute that people put in a link, do follow or no follow. Technically, you put it in a no follow or you don't get any attribute. But what it is is follow tells Google, hey, I'm linking to the site, but don't count this link to like help them with rankings or whatever. It could 
it. It could just be like no following your links. Um, and a do follow is like, yeah, past due. It's natural for the site to have no follow and do follow. Just a lot of sites use no follow. So I wouldn't worry about how many of your links are do follow versus no follow. Just like go out there, get good links. And over time, your ranking should go up. And what's going to drive you the most amount of links is good press, good products, good content, good service, all that kind of stuff just really helps drive more links. Yeah. I think everyone's always trying to figure out like, how the hell do I get more links? How the hell do I get more press? How do I get people to, to write about me? Any, you know, one or two actionable steps that you can share to, to help people kind of get those links back to their site? Yeah, the, the easiest way to get more links back to your site is just write really good content. And when you link out to people naturally, tell them you link them and ask them to share the content and when they share the content you'll get more eyeballs and a percentage of those people naturally out to you another thing that you can do is on ubersess you can see it there's a backlinks report put in your competitor URLs, and you can see all the people who link to them and reach out to those people and tell them why your product's better your accessory or your clothes or handbag or whatever it is and tell them why they should to you majority won't but the numbers game email 100 people three to five link out to you that's good it adds up yeah, totally. And I, I think, you know, in terms of SEO being a slower strategy, I think this is, you know, one of the components that makes it slow is that, you know, it's very time consuming to go out, find your competitor, take their links, you know, find the, find the writer, and then, you know, get in their inbox, get their attention and, and try to get them to link back to you. So I, I think that's part of the struggle. But, you know, speaking from experience, as we start focusing more uh, on SEO a little, you know, day by day, uh, it's it's not a crazy boom. But I can honestly say that, you know, our, our search is going up pretty significantly. And, you know, for anyone that is has this battle between, uh, should I advertise on pay on, on social or should I like do SEO or even do Google AdWords? Do it my all. Advice, as long as it's profitable, do it all, you know? R right. And my, my, you know, from my experience and my advice is like when people come and search, they're basically saying, they're putting their hand up and saying, Hey, I'm ready to buy. So, you know, if you can get really good at SEO and get really up that, get really high up that, that Google ranking, uh, the conversion rates go up significantly because that person's actually looking for you. They're looking for, you know, best weekender bag, handmade or, or whatever. Um, yeah. And when they find you, it's like, oh, we've, there it is. As long as the price is right and they're okay with paying, like then, you know, the conversion is there. Those, those weekend bag, weekender bags are so nice and they look so elegant, but I'm like, come on, carry a big bag on their shoulder. That sounds like a pain in the butt when you walk through an airport. Yeah, so there's two schools of thought with this, and uh, you know, I'm going. I'm see, I, automatically I go into pitch mode. I'm like, um, okay, so yeah, like there's two schools of thought with this. I'm in the school of thought where like I just hate. I like having it on my shoulder because when I get on a plane, and now you know this is not really relevant to what's going on now, but uh, when I get on a plane, I like to have my bag underneath my seat. Where like if you have a rolly suitcase, you got to put it up. You know, everyone's checking their bags now. You gotta walk with it, right? I, I agree with the check, the carry on. I hate check, but you gotta walk with it. Like, just imagine walking with your bag, like from right when you get out of the car all the way to the gate. Like, that's such a pain on your shoulder. Like, you're gonna you're gonna feel it. Like, maybe it's just me who feels it, but I feel it, especially if it's and you pack that thing. Neil, I gotta have to edit this part out of the podcast, okay? Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, 
Hey, it's like to each their own. Everyone's got their own thing. Uh, I like to carry it. And, you know, for me. But, but you don't get the shoulder pain? No, not really. I mean, and I, it's not okay, like. Then it's just me. But which is funny because my buddy Terry always has. I'm like, dude, you don't get the shoulder pain? He's like, no. I'm like, it's probably actually just me then. But I love the look of them. They're just yeah. so elegant and classy and they go really well with business attire. But uh, I just love the look of them. So, and this is exactly why, you know, we kind of, and I'll send you a link after you can take a peek, uh, why we created this, this, our duffel bag with, with wool and leather. The, the problem that we were solving was, hey, I don't want to go to the gym with a stupid bag that my, you know, my gym gave me. Uh, and at the time I was working. So ugly, the ones that the gym gives you, like, I hate them. I don't know why people use them. Well, and to give you context, we were working, uh, you know, me and my, my business partner, my original, uh, one of my business partners, we were working in finance and we were going to work in like suits and like dress clothes and then carrying this stupid bag around. And it, it was just like, we, you know, we just wanted some to create something cool for ourselves and it turned into a passion project, turned into a business. Here we are. But um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we got to get you guys been doing it for. Uh, 2012 ideation. And then, you know, I've been at it now three years full time. Uh, we had a crowdfunding campaign in 2015. So we've been, we've been chipping away. We've been growing. Yeah, man. Uh, things are good. But, uh, I think to solve your shoulder pain problem, we just got to get you in the gym. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> that, that really is it. Like I'm lazy. My version of working out is running, which doesn't really help. It, it won't help that, that issue now. Uh, it'll help with some other stuff, but uh, yeah. not the shoulder pain. Listen, I know we're tight for time. I just want to sneak in a couple more questions here. If you, like, domain authority, you know, when, when you look at, we're, we're, back, we're back to, to SEO, we're back to talking about Ubersuggest here. Um, you know, when you're looking at domain authority, how do you, is it the backlinks that drive that authority up? Like, how do you? It, it is. The more links you get, the higher your authority. And, and that's it? Like there's no other formula really behind it? Correct. Okay, simple enough. Because again, there's a correlation with our traffic and our and our domain authority. And obviously I'm guessing our backlinks, I gotta go take a look. But I just wanted to like clear that up for people that, you know, look at, you know, when they go on Uber Suggest, they're gonna ask themselves all these questions. Like what the hell is domain authority? Uh, how do I get it up? You know, so these are, these are great. As we approach 2021, you know, you know, in January, there's going to be the, the best five strategies for marketing in 2021 or the, you know, the seven SEO mistakes everyone made in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> what's the one, you know, what's, what's one thing, that, you know, is, is top of mind for you that people should be aware of going to 2021? User experience. So search engines are trying to adapt their algorithm to be more about user experience. They have something, uh, page experience, which is going to come out in 2021. And they're going to look at, you know, how's the user interacting with the page and is it a good experience or is it a bad experience? And, and how, I mean, based so on... Like, page takes forever to load. That's a bad experience. If the page has way too many pop-ups and the user can't get to what they want, bad experience. If it's a content-related query and it takes them 10 seconds to scroll down just to see text, bad experience. These are all examples of things to fix. E-commerce site, can't find a buy button or add to cart, bad experience. Right. Fair enough. Yeah, th that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, there's so many websites I go on now where, you know, the article, the, the headline of the article is like four scrolls down and there's like all these display ads in between and I don't even read it. I just get out. So, you know, I can. Yeah. I'm like, I just bounce. Yeah, same. Um, and, and like, 
are they using heat maps to kind of look at how what that interaction is or or is it just like is it just data they're looking at like and like we don't know yet because it's not out but i'm guessing they're gonna look at data more than very cool okay so what uh before i let you go what's on the horizon for neil patel uh in in you know the near future next six months i'm trying to release a free email tool like mailchimp but instead of you pay for contacts for unlimited contacts unlimited sends zero dollars hold on can we we're going to repeat that you're you're trying to come you're you want to create a competitor to mailchimp but where it's completely free yeah yeah i don't even know what to say to that that is please do that i mean for me selfishly i that sounds like that's amazing. you'll save money <laughs> how, how, many, how much you spend on email I, I don't know i'd have to look it's it's probably it's definitely like a hundred bucks a hundred bucks plus a month if i save you a hundred dollars a month or two three hundred you'd be happy yeah absolutely so like and have good deliverability have marketing automation landing pages email collection all that i mean i guess it's not so much the ha the how i think the how is pretty simple the why i'm or i'm guessing that's just going to be no, a, a, i want to see if you can beat mailchimp just it, like it's a strictly competitive endeavor or is i mean there has to be some sort of lead gen component for for np no. digital no, 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 no legion component. It's the fun challenge. I'm going to be watching this very, very closely. Yeah, When's, are, when, are like, what's your timeline like for this? I'm trying to release it in Q2 of next year, early Q2. That's my goal. All right. I'll be a beta tester. You can put me on the list. There you go. All right, dude. I really appreciate the time. This has been great. Nice to, uh, nice to meet you formally and, and, and to be in your network. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for, for joining me on the podcast. I, I hope you're safe. I hope you're well. And yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. Sounds good. Thanks for having me.